What do you do when your child comes back from school and tells you that he's so alone? Or she doesn't have any friends? Or tells you these rambling stories in the way the children used to tell them about how this girl or that boy told them that and threw them away from this group or didn't let them play that and you try to keep up with all the diddles but you can't because, you know, children, they throw in all those diddles that you can follow. What do you do? How do you help them? What do you feel? In this episode of the Apparently Parent Podcast, I'm going to answer this kind of question that was given to me by a mother, and I think you can all learn a little bit from that. So let's cue the intro and talk about some feelings of neglect. Welcome to the Apparently Parent Podcast. My name is Iran Katz, and I'm a clinical psychologist, a parenting counselor, and also a father. In this show, we combine the art of parenting with the science of psychology. So, if you want to understand your children and yourself better, lead your family into calmer waters and reach the end of the day with a smile on your face, you've come to the right place. I'm your host, Iran Katz. Okay, and welcome to the 22nd episode of the Apparently Parent podcast, and this is the third installment of my Q&A sessions, which I like to call Dear Apparently Parent. So just to remind you, in Dear Apparently Parent, I take one question that was submitted to me by one of you guys, a parent just like you, who wanted to, who wanted to consult about some issue with his or her child. And I really think that everyone can learn from that. So this is why I'm putting it on the podcast. And because, you know, when you listen to other parents' questions, you sometimes find yourself in them and you can learn from that as well. So how do you submit questions to Dear Apparently Parent? You can go to apparentlyparent.com forward slash podcast. This is where you can find all the details of this podcast, how you can subscribe, how you can find the latest episodes, etc. And you'll also find a button for a form that you can fill up and send me your questions. You can do so anonymously or not, whatever you choose, that's fine. And I go over those and choose from those questions to the episodes. I can't, can't promise that I'll answer each and every one of those questions, but I do my best to answer all of them. Now, I, as you may have already know, I also have a new free Facebook group that you can join where you can also ask questions. And actually, these questions in this episode comes directly from that group. So the group is called Navigating Parenting, Raising Secure and Confident Children. And you can find it by going to apparentlyparent.com forward slash Facebook and it'll take you straight to the group and you can join for free and bring all your friends and family and let's have some fun with that. So the question that I'm tackling today was submitted, as I said, by one of uh, my awesome group members. And first, I'm going to read you the question and then I'll talk about it a little bit. So this was submitted by uh, a mother of a six and a half years old girl. And this is what she writes. My six and a half years old girl is surrounded by friends, very popular, but still complain regularly that she feels alone at school. It really disturbs her. I suspect after talking with her quite a lot that, one, she keeps comparing herself with other girls who she thinks has more friends. And two, when she's not asked to join a group game at recess, she feels neglected. 
she rarely asks to join in, and no matter how I try to encourage her, she just doesn't. Also, she doesn't really know what to do when she's alone during recess time. She won't go and search the class's huge games shelves or draw or, draw or any of the other things that she likes doing. So do you have any suggestions on, as of how to tackle this problem? I've tried all kinds of things, but in vain. Thanks ahead. So, let's break that down a little bit. What you're telling me here is that you have a six and a half years old girl and she's surrounded by friends. She's very popular. So this is not the kind of situations when you see that your child is kind of neglected by his peers. Sometimes you see a child that isn't being invited to uh, birthday celebrations or even at races isn't he, he or she is not being invited to group games or play dates etc so this is a, a different kind of issue what we have here is a kind of popular friendly girl but who, who doesn't feel like she has all those friends so there's like this gap between the reality and what we as an adults can can judge for ourselves as their reality and what she feels her experiences and i'm sure that you guys as parents have that all the time you have many gaps between what is real quote unquote real because sometimes reality is also you know subjective but there is the difference between what is real and what you feel what's your own experience about it so i, I want you to tap into that into those moments when you feel those gaps because Tapping into those can help you help your children deal with that. Now, you, you tell me that it really disturbs her. And what you didn't tell me how. So I, I kind of wonder and I want you to and I want to direct you in those in, in those area into those areas of asking her how how does it disturb her? Does it make her sad? Does it make her anxious? Because I, for example, I, I'm not sure if this is an issue of social anxiety. For example, okay, or maybe that it's just make her sad or even maybe resentful and, and angry with those children. So, you know, you, you will handle those situations a little bit differently. However, what I'm going to offer you are the basic structures of how to handle these situations and these emotions because the basics are the same. So if she's sad or anxious, you're going to tackle that a little bit differently, but the basics are the same. So what's coming up for me when, when I, I'm reading your question again is this feeling that your child is maybe the kind of child who needs to get confirmation from, from the external surroundings, the external environment. Okay, so this is what we call seeking for external approval. So when she was younger, maybe she was the kind of child who, who drew something, some squibbly thing on, on a paper and brought it to you all proud, seeking your approval of, of what she did. Everyone needs these approvals. Everyone, every child needs these approvals. This is something that they, we get from the environment and it builds our confidence. But some children need it more than others. So for your child, maybe if her friends are asking her to join a game, she will join because she has this approval. She feels wanted, she feels needed, she feels approved by society. But if she doesn't have that uh, approval, if they don't invite her, she doesn't have this internal feeling of uh, safety and, and, and a secure knowing of, I am wanted here, I'm wanted by this group. And then she stays by herself because going out and asking 
to be wanted, which means, you know, when you ask to be part of a group, you are you're putting yourself at risk of getting rejection. So, so, so I, I, I guess this is kind of hard for her. The, the notion of maybe I'm going to be re- rejected by the group. Maybe I'm seeing a couple of my friends playing uh, at recess in, in, in one game and I want to join them. I really, I really want to join them, but I am afraid that if I go there and just enter the game or ask to enter the game, they'll tell me no. And what would it mean if they tell me no? So maybe her mind is telling her this story that if they tell her no, it means they don't want her. They don't want her, they don't like her, she isn't worthy of her approval. And this fear only exacerbates the issue, right? It only makes things worse. Because then she may have a fear of the fear itself. She may approach this group of girls feeling a knot in her stomach or feeling her heart palpitates and, and rushes and, and this scares her. So this is the route of, 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 of developing kind of a social anxiety. And I, I, I'm not saying this is what's going on because I can't. I don't know her. I, I didn't assess her. So I'm not offering a diagnosis, obviously. And it's really important to remember that this whole issue of social comparison and social um, belongingness is crucial for our children and also for ourselves because being part of a group is one of the most basic needs that humans have. We humans, we are a social creature. We are a social animal. We cannot, almost cannot survive alone. Anyway, you can survive alone in this day and age, but when we developed as humans, when, as a species, when our brains have developed, humans couldn't survive alone. You had to be part of a group, of a tribe of people. And when you did something that made you um, get expelled from that tribe, it was like a death sentence. Yeah, some people survived, but mainly it was like a death sentence. So we kind of adapted, evolved into always seeking approval of groups and doing our best to not be shut away from a group. Now, it's true that in today's day and age, we always belong to different kinds of groups. So if a child isn't being approved by one group, he can be approved by another. And he'll always, I hope, be approved by his family, etc. So they won't like just drop dead and die because one group of, of children doesn't approve of him or doesn't want him around. But it doesn't matter because for our brains, those feelings are still harsh and scary and threatening. So in this case, you talk about how your child is uh, comparing yourself with other girls and who has more friends. So this is kind of like the social commodity of children. And it's really, really, by the way, I just thought about it, but I wanted to tell you this. It's really normal in this age because she's in that age when she, I guess she's a first grader or at the time of this recording, she just finished first grade. And this is exactly the time in her life that she starts to really learn about all those social issues. Because up until now, she was in kindergarten. And although around the age of like, I don't know, four and five, you can already see some cliques and groups inside of kindergarten, but it's a lot more innocent. When you enter school, it tends to get worse. It it tends to get more polarized and you can see all those boys versus girls talk, for example, or specific groups like the 
you know, maybe some kids are going to this kind of after-school class, so they, they form some group or another, and they get more sensitized to those issues. So it's kind of normal, and it helps them build a base of who they are. But on the negative side of things, what can happen is what happened with your girl right now, like is having this comparison between her and other friends of who's having more friends. So this is kind of a way of getting that sense of approval. Like, if I have more friends, I'm more worthy. Again, I don't know her, and this is not like a long-term consultation, but my, uh, my question uh, for you is something that I want you to think about is, do you know her as a child who seeks disapproval all the time? And does she act, at, act like that also at home, for example? But anyway, I want to jump in to offer you a kind of way to handle these issues. Now, when we are having this kind of conversation with our children, when we see them feeling bad about these group issues, when they come to us and tell us that they weren't included in such a game or weren't invited to play in recess and stayed alone all recess and, you know, they feel sad about it or angry or whatever, we parents tend to really quickly jump into problem-solution mode, which is a great thing. Our brains are developed into problem-solving machines, right? We, if we didn't solve problems, we wouldn't get anywhere. But we tend to do it too quickly. And before we can solve that problem, and by the way, can we solve the problem for her? I guess not. You know, some parents may go into the school or or, to, or or the playground after school, for example. And, and, you know, in an extreme situation, I can imagine a parent going there and asking one of her friends to include her or even lashing at her friends for not including her, right? Th- that would wreak havoc in her social status, right? So never do that. So we can't solve it for her. We can't, you know... We can do the push-ups for her, but we need to encourage her. We need to find a way to make her feel better and encourage her into trying new things or feeling better about what's going on. So, have you tried asking her what worries her about approaching the other girls? Or what worries her about having less friends than, I don't know, Dana, for example. I don't know why Dana is a name that came up for me, but it did. So I want to offer you a little game that you may uh, you, you can try with her, okay? And it's called the then what game, okay? And, and I'll play it out for you. And this is something everyone can do. And you can do it with children in all issues uh, that touch on fears and avoidance. So, so listen up, everybody, okay? The then what game is really, really simple. You ask your child to imagine a situation, that he tends to avoid. For example, with the girl uh, of the mother who asked this question, you can ask her to imagine a recess in school. And there's this group of girls playing a game that she really likes and she really wants to join them. So ask her, first ask her to imagine that. And imagine where she stands and and where they stand and what she feels like, what she feels in her tummy when she wants to approach them. And tell her um, to imagine what happens when she approaches them and asks to join. Okay? And she may tell you, I don't know, they ignore me. 
Okay, so you ask her, and then what? And you continue asking, and then what, until you reach some level that you are more distance from the fear. So I'll give you an example. She tells you, I think they're ignoring me. And you ask her, and then what? And she may say, um, they're going to laugh at me. Or if I join the game, I may, be do, I may do something foolish, and they'll laugh at me. So you keep asking, and then what? So she may say, I'll feel really bad, and, and it will hurt my feelings. Okay, and then what? Um, my tummy would hurt, and then what? I wouldn't want to go to school the next day. Okay, and then what? And usually what happens is you, you kind of reach a, a root of, of absurdity or silliness because usually our fears are kind of absurd and silly. Because again, when you feel anxious about children including you in the game, those are the same kind of physical sensations and feelings that you had as a man walking in the savanna, I don't know, millions of years ago and, and, and hearing something ruffles in the bush and, and then a, a lion jumps on you. But when a lion jumps on you, you are in real danger. But when you're, you're on the playground, you're not in real danger. Yeah, I can get it that there's a social danger, okay, but it's not physical dangers. However, our brains react as if it's a physical danger, as if you're going to die. So you sometimes get to this level of absurdity when, when your child can tell you, or even yourself, you can play this game with yourself, with your own fears and your own points of avoidance. And then what? And then, I don't, and then I'm going to die. I'm going to freak out and die. No, you're not. You're not going to do that. It's not going to happen to you because, I don't know, your boss said something. And this kind of game doesn't solve the issue, okay? There are no magic bullets here. There are no magic pills here. But what you're aiming for is to open a space of acceptance. Because for your girl, there's this rigid place and... You know, you can't see me right now, but I'm holding my two hands, my two palms together. So one palm represents her fear and one palm represents her reality and they're fused together. So every thought and every feeling feels so real. And what you want to do is open up. And now I'm opening my hands a little bit. You want to open up a space between the thought and the feeling and the action, which in, in this case, the action is avoidance, like, like not joining the game or not taking a game to play from, from the shelf of the, of the class because she doesn't have approval for that. And when you are able to open those spaces more and more, and it takes time, you have to have these conversations all the time, but little by little, like water on stone, those spaces open up. Okay? So try that. That's the point of this game. Open up space. Distance yourself from the bad feelings. So I really hope that helps. That's, and that's just one tip of the iceberg of helping your child deal with the, those kind of issues. Now, I have a little bit more to say about how to be a supportive parent in these, in these situations. 
because sometimes we parents, as I've said, we, if we fall in, into this problem-solving mode it, because it's hard for us to distance from, from our own emotions and fears about what's going on. So if you go to apparentlyparent.com forward slash four, you're going to find the fourth episode of this podcast. It's called On Being a Supportive Parent. And I'll put the show notes in this episode, okay? And this is where I talk about this tension between being supportive and demanding uh, when dealing with your child's stress. So, so you can go and listen to that as well. So I really hope that helps you guys and you, mom, the mother who sent uh, this question in the group. And I have more to say about that, but I, I want to keep this short and I can offer everything all the time. So if you go to apparentlyparent.com forward slash 22, you're going to find the show notes of this episode. And I'll put a link to the fourth episode that I just mentioned and to the Facebook group. I really encourage you guys to join us in the Facebook group. This is the kind of discussions we have. And we're going to have more of that if you join us and we can talk more about that. Okay. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Apparently Parent podcast and this uh, special installment of Dear Apparently Parent. Again, if you want to... if you want to ask me questions like that, you can do so in the Facebook group where you can hear from me and other parents as well, or just go to apparentlyparent.com forward slash podcast and fill out the form. You can do so anonymously. That's fine. And if you haven't done so yet, subscribe to this show at uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and whatever, wherever you listen to your podcast episode. So you get the new ones as soon as they come out every Thursday. And I'll see you again next Thursday. Bye-bye.